0: holding the Khazari is khaf. And now the bring no it bring. The Khazari spoken about previously and that is the difference between the philosophers who try and understand and the Levim who by him so and experienced, understood the Emmas themselves. So now the the king has understood the difference and the what the cause what explains, but then it comes with one uh, last argument. And this is Umar Khazari, the king says Nice Raf. Urahu The light that you're talking about has set. And that is Shkiya, it's it's a setting in the way Oit. It doesn't seem like it will ever be seen again. And, uh, right, the book. And uh, it's, it's something which is lost, which is not going to be restored. We built it. It doesn't make any sense that it will come back again. And therefore, what the Khazari says, it's very nice to talk about the time when there were Naveen and people who had had never, and therefore they had had the experience of seeing the MS, experiencing it, and saying it's better than philosophy, but you know, that's the good old days, which have gone, and it doesn't make sense to ever come back again. Firstly, because people today aren't on the level that the Naveem were, and therefore they aren't right for Naveem anyway. And besides which, well, we know that Tashem cancelled Navu. And if that's okay, so the it's, uh, case, it's not clear exactly what the Kuzari is trying to say, and therefore what? In other words, we had Naveem, and so we know what they said was true. But it seems to say that, Kira, you, you you're relating to something as a matthias which doesn't exist anymore, and won't exist again in the future. So... The the yeah, yeah, yeah. answers him in two parts to answer. The first he he has, a, he has like a sharp plan to answer the accusation, but then he explains the point of the marshal. It hasn't set, except in the perspective of a person who doesn't know how to look. So if a person doesn't know what to look for, then he thinks that is set. Then he thinks that uh, the opportunity to to experience ruchnius does not exist anymore. He doesn't see it because he doesn't have a look, and therefore, or maybe Raya, that person will bring a, a proof from Midalu seino from the situation with in and our loneliness, veinyanenu psurenu and the fact that we scattered and the fact that we at our weakest point, and I want to bring Raya from that shenishko Raya that our 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 light is set, v'mkdurasu lasenu v'sol gasoi. And if you look at the other nations, their strength or their wealth or the fact that they're over us, they're going to save from that. But you see that we, the Jewish people, are now the underdog. We're the ones who are the victim, the sufferer, and uh, the weak, and the oppressed. Whereas the goyim are the powerful, strong, wealthy, and uh, overlords. And if that's the case, if you want to... Says the Chokham. we were trying to bring a proof from that, that Ki'ilu Klai Israel's the sun is set, and therefore we don't have the opportunity, we aren't on the level that we ever were, whereas uh, it seems that they're going on the ascendancy. Does it have to so, be there, it's really... the king explains his question. I wasn't bringing a proof from the fact that Klai is and Goddess. And this is a famous uh, argument It's interesting that the uh, real puts it in the mouth of the king And not in the mouth of the Chacham That is, if you're trying to bring a riot from Whose rights? whose uh, MS, because they're successful So you have no right to bring Because what's the riot you going to bring? If you would say, look in the world, and you see Israel are scattered and are weak and are few, and that's the reason they're not successful. That's not the MS. Okay, so what is the MS? So you're going to bring a riot from Christianity. Christianity has millions, billions of adherents. a very powerful, very wealthy organization. Okay, but if that would be the MS, then why is Islam so strong? And you're going to bring a riot from Islam. Islam also has billions of adherents spread over half the world, tremendous power, tremendous resources. With well, that, the MS, then why is Christianity so strong? And the Rishonim all said this, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu created two counter-religions to Yiddish that so that is a proof that neither one is the MS. Because if otherwise... Neither one is the MS, else, else the numbers. else the power. Because otherwise people would look to us and say, look, you're obviously wrong, because look who your are in opposition in the world, and they, the world-powerful, world-famous, extremely influential, wealthy, whatever empire, they must be the MS. And if Hashem created it in such a way that's not true. That's not true. You see that the they aren't the only power in the world. You see that there's a balance of power in the world, and it can't be that two opposite things are the MS. Like the king says, you can't have two uh, contradictory forces that both claim to be MS. And therefore, each one is therefore the proof the other one isn't the MS. If you would think that Christianity is so strong, it must be the MS because it's so powerful, the proof you're wrong is Islam, because then can't, how wise it is it so powerful? And if you would be, yeah, maybe Israel, thought, thought, come to this, the idea that maybe Islam is the MS because look how huge it is, and how successful it is, or Christianity. And therefore he says, the kings also understand that. I'm not bringing a from success in this world, in strength or in numbers or in resources, that that's the aimless, because otherwise you'd be left with the contradiction of why, why are there are two contestants for that. Obviously they both going to be right. The only options are one of them is right and the other one's wrong, or well, they're both wrong. But either way around, then you can't bring a proof from strength and size, because they're both strong and they're both enormous. The parasha the yasko abdi is a Pasha in Yeshaya, and it's talking about the fact that Kilo Hashem's servant is suffering and is a downtrodden, and Hashem will come to save them from that position. And therefore, he said, we already explained that, that what is more valuable to Hashem is shiflus, which means humility, lowliness, rather than pride and uh, power. And therefore, I'm not bringing a right that the more powerful and the more proud nation is necessarily closer to Hashem. And he says, you see that the, even the non-Jewish religions understood this point because, because of parrsim, they weren't proud of their soldiers or their wealthy, and that's a sign of their what they consider in their religion to be important. Rather it was also what they respect is the people who followed Yashka who weren't necessarily successful. It was before he became famous and before he became popular. And therefore they also realize that you can't point to strength or power as a proof of MS. And the early Christians they suffered too. They were also uh, uh, exiled and killed and whatever else oppressed uh, uh, for their religion. And if the Christians are also proud of people who, kill, who were killed or were downtrodden in suffering, so you see, they also don't uh, consider power to be a proof of of MS. Those the people they respect as their saints, so as the people that they look up to. The when it comes to the Muslims, in Abu'z, the original people who helped the Bala Dasa the person who invented the religion of, of the Muslims, which means uh, the original followers of Muhammad. They also weren't initially successful. They were also kicked out of Mecca and, and exiled and everything else. And same thing there. They look up to them as being killed, the real proponents and the real believers in the religion. Not later on the kings or the or the sultans of Islam who had so much wealth and so much power. Rather than talking about what they look up to also as the original followers of their Prophets who worn clothing and ate barley because I didn't have anything else to eat and therefore the Khazari has gone into a lengthy dissertation just to say that I never meant to say that you can see what's powerful and you can see what's right uh, that the two are synonymous he also understands the one doesn't the other one and now here comes the point he wants to say and this is a certain uh, it's a criticism of Kaiser. and it's not what he says. He says like this: the fact that the Jews are in God's today, and that the Jews are suffering, and that the Jews are persecuted, isn't the right that they are. But what he says the right is, is that they don't accept the it. same Shemay. It's not like Jews are looking to to suffer for uh, for for uh, for the MS. and that is. And if I would see people like that, people who have difficulty in being worse than their fish, I would say that they have a mind even over the kings of David. Because the kings of David were wealthy and were powerful and they kept the Torah from a situation of comfort and ease. And if I would see Jews today who Mamish to being worse than their fish through difficulty and through persecution to keep the Torah, I would respect them in a way more because I see that they keep in the Torah even through difficulty. <laughs> it's the same parish we spoke of before. And there is Hashem looks for the downtrodden and for the humble of heart. And then the spirituality rests in the nefesh of a person who's, who's, who, who humbles himself, who submits himself. And therefore, the is argument isn't um, that I see that, the, so to speak, the light of Klael is royal set because Khezari's royal state his argument is that I don't see that in God's eyes, shall be most and to keep the Torah. They they're suffering not because they're suffering as a result of the keeping the they're suffering because they, they 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 persecuted by the God. But right? he doesn't see that as being a sign of their commitment to Torah. Now it's interesting that the Ibir the Levi puts the, the example he gives as if I would see that there were Oisim and Shamil Akim, they would there was obviously suffering, privation, in shamayim. So he says I would consider them in a way more of a melech than David, than the kings of David. It's, uh, even though those were the kings who were on the other side who had the, who uh, in Jewish history had the most success and the most power, but the, really the Gemara really makes this comparison. And the Gemara says We have a But Sheker is referring to Dar, the generation of David Amelech and Shleim Amelech. Behevel Ha'yofi is a generation of Chiskiyol. Ishi, Yeras HaShem, Yitzhael, is the door of Yulah Which means, what we're saying is Sheker and is Hevel, what is empty and meaningless, Were was the way that the Jews kept the Torah in the times of the kings, in the times of Dovah melech in the time of Chiskiyol Ha'Melech, that's Sheker Achein, Behevel Ha'yofi. But, in the way they kept the Torah in the time of Yitzhael, that's worthy of praise. In what way did they keep the Torah better? In the time of Rabbulah Bar Eloi, then in the time of David HaMelech not they were greater than Rechachamim. In the time of I mean, in the time of Cheskiah, they were bigger than Rechachamim. But like the Gemara says, that they learned Torah through difficulty. That they didn't have enough food, they didn't have enough clothing, and they, wasn't, they learned even in in difficult circumstances. And therefore, that's exactly the point that the king is saying over here, that they were worthy of praise. Because they learned the terror in Mittalich Chorishim difficulty. That, in a way, is a higher darga. Then the Malachi based to learn the Torah, even if they learn more Torah, but they learn Torah from East. And therefore he says, my, my complaints against the Klai Israel wasn't the fact that they're in Godless. Says the king, that's not a right to anything. But his title against Klai Israel is that in Goddess he doesn't see that they're being much in for Torah. If Klai Israel is suffering in Godless, it's just because the government is anti-Semitic and they hate Jews. And, fact, and that's why we suffer. Not necessarily because it's a... It's a so to speak, something that's uh, uh as as a result of our miserus nefesh to keep it Torah. And unless the the chaver answers him, unless the chacham responds, then he says, "Amr chaver, hadim hadin imcha shetacharfeinu b'ze. You're quite right for criticizing us for this. Mifneish onusaybling ha'gados min b'teilada, because we suffer in the gados without any result." In other words, we aren't gaining anything from the suffering the goddess, because we're not doing it in order to learn to, in order to keep the mitzvahs. If a person suffers because of his decision to keep a Torah mitzvah, so then it's a certain level. If a person suffers just because uh, he's a Jew, there's nothing he's gaining as a result, nothing he's doing as a result. So then, 100 uh, percent, there's no, as he says, there's no tzedakah, there's no uh, outcome which is good from from just suffering. Now, and therefore, so that the the agrees with him, but he says what I can say to, to Sukkah credit, and that is uh, Those members of Chayyis who are on a higher level, with reached even in God, reach a certain prominence or certain position, with the second, with the word, which wouldn't have cost them anything. They could have elevated themselves out of the status of being despised and downtrodden as Jews. It means they could have accepted Christianity. And then in the second, they would have been uh, a welcome member of the non-Jewish society. And they wouldn't have been subject to all the restrictions that Israel was subject to. And then they would have been, so to speak, uh, equal citizens of whatever country they were part of. And because they had whatever resources or abilities they had, they would have even been more successful and risen to a higher level than the, the people who now are, are suppressing them. And the reason they don't do that is because of their loyalty to Torah. That's something which is a minor, which can, so he says, He says, a time for many others. In other words, this is outside. The Khazari said, "Matayn and Israel is that they're being oppressed, but they're not doing it to man Hashem. It's not a result of their choice to, to uh, tailor or to commitment suffer to Hashem to Hashem. suffer. They're suffering because they're going to make them suffer. So the Khakum's answer is, don't look at the, so to speak, the poor people who are suffering. Look at the wealthy members of Israel who, if, if they would convert to Christianity, they would be immediately accepted in the highest echelons of the, of the non-Jewish society. And now they suffer whatever restrictions Jews suffer because they don't want to convert. If that's the case, what they're not uh, willing to do in order to gain much more prestige or power or money, whatever it's going to be, that's the man Hashem. And if we look to that, to see that Israel are loyal to Hashem, even though they could gain so much more by by, by so to speak converting to Christianity. And if that's the argument, then it applies to every Jew. Because even the Jew who is being oppressed, not by choice, not by choice, the Ma'aser for most of the goddess, if you have been willing to to convert to Christianity, they would have treated him very differently. And therefore, even if he wasn't necessarily choosing to suffer uh, by being a Jew, he was choosing not to end the suffering by, by converting out of Judaism. So that's the big minor. So that's 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 a korva which I was about to mechapei many aberes. And that was one of the scary things about the Holocaust, it was brought down by Yisakut and by others at the time, and that is that until, the, unfortunately, the fact that you didn't have suffered throughout uh, Christian Europe for thousand thousand five hundred years or more was uh, it was part of the the, the Godless part of the history of what Klaiyosha went through. But what made the Holocaust in a way much worse, not just the scale of of the suffering, which was unprecedented. Well, the amount of people who got killed, which is unprecedented, but in a way it took away Ashurst. Because in every other persecution there was, whether it was Cossacks or Crusades or Inquisition, the Jews had the option convert and you'll let you go. It was only because they were strong in their Munna that they suffered, and then it was Nisham Shemaim. Whereas when it came to the Holocaust, the Anatis weren't interested in that. They weren't given the option to convert. A lot of Jews wanted to convert, they didn't help them. The Nazis had an ethnicity problem that you were born Jewish, you don't care if you convert or not. And the big problem with that is it took away Aschus. Because if that's the case, the Jews who suffered wasn't by any choice, anything they could do to prevent it. So it took away any schara they would have been in the suffering. That's what he says. The Kaisal split that mind. That is, for sure, in in Spain, where the the was, had had they been willing to relinquish Yiddishkeit Chasmashalim, then for sure they wouldn't have suffered anything. And he said the second part of the Khazari says, and that is, if Klai would have been focused more on on suffering to do what Hashem wanted, it wouldn't have be been in Qalas anymore. And there is that Hashem has something that is a secret, so to speak, which is invested in us. And that is going to answer the first point of the requirement before. The Khazari said before that I see in Godless that the hour, so to speak, the night of Navur, mm-hmm. or the light has has gone, has set. You don't have it anymore. And the uh, Chacham answered him, it's only because you can't see that. So now he's going back to what he explained before. You now so he got sidetracked to answer the question. And that is that the Khazari accusation that I don't see the Jewish people they're suffering in Godless Lama and Hashem. And on that the uh, Chacham said, You're right. That's the problem. And if you would be if you would be doing things as Sham Shema, we'd have already been redeemed. But at least we have the saving grace that we, we, re, we remain Jews even though that entails our suffering or the hatred of the game. That, 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 that we can still say to our credit. Now, going back to the previous argument, and that is what the Khazari said, that I don't see uh, any future for you in the vuh. It's something which has gone, the sun is set, it's no longer going to renew itself, it's no longer going to uh, shine again. So now the, the Chacham is going to give him a marshal. And the Mashal is the marshal of a seed. It's the well-known marshal. When a person buries a seed in the ground, so I think that's the end of the seed. And if he would actually look into the ground, and see that the seed decomposes and falls apart. So he thinks that not only is the end of the seed, the seed itself is disintegrated. But the understanding is that, we understand that, that that's a necessary step for the new tree to grow. And therefore, even though the person doesn't understand, they see that the seed's been swallowed in the ground. They see, if they look into the ground, the, seeds, the seed has decomposed. But they don't understand that that's really the preparation for the the, the new tree to grow. And that's what the, the Chacham is going to use as a marshal, and as the marshal is obvious. And that is, Yisrael, the Chahisrael, goddess, is buried like that seed. We've been sent into the goddess, we've been buried in the ground. But it's not there just as a, as a place for a person to decompose and end, and that's in the Chahisrael. We've been put in the goddess is as a way for us to regrow. And therefore, we. And this interesting thing, there's two concepts of what's buried. A dead person gets buried, and a seed gets buried. Except understanding by a dead person is that he's buried to, dis- to disintegrate into the ground. And the seed gets buried in order to sprout and uh, plant a new tree. And therefore, he says, what well, Klaish was gone to goddess is similar to the seed which got buried. And the goddess process is what's going to cause the seed to germinate and produce a new tree. And It's going to explain how it does that. And it's an amazing thing, because that's a concept, <inaudible> concept <inaudible> like the Apostle says, it says, I come like from the graves, like the grass sprouts from the ground. And as we look at death as an end and uh, burying a body as the way to, that it's going to disintegrate and disappear. But the emesis is also a stage of planting. And it takes time, but that's that's uh, the, that's also the step which is going to bring eventually to its to its uh, rejuvenation and so to speak re- re- rebuilding as uh, as part of Chosen Every Everybody, is like that. Korban no? the the is no? to refine us. Here we talk about something else. It's a way for, for, for Kaisal so to, so to be to be built again. Now, one last point. That's also why in halacha, a k'fura has to be in the ground, a ground which is something which can grow things. by uh, The stone boxes, they would put them in. Put in the ground? On, on the tables? No. And on shelves? In the ground. In niches? In niches, in the caves, which has to be in the ground. Okay. Because the idea of burying in the ground is this idea that it's, like a seed, it's, it's bearing something where it will be able to rejuvenate when the Mesim is going to come. Okay, so that's the marshal. Let's just see, Mercedes and then it as far as much time. He'll explain how that relates to Christa and too. And he says, The Chochmah garga is the seed of the plant which falls into the ground. And then it changes. A person can see whether it's in the ground or in water or in zeval fertilizer. For the person who can see it, there's nothing very, like, recognizable what it was before. And everything, it's, it's, it's ended, it's fallen apart, it's, it's integrated. It's really the other way around. It's taking in the ground and the water and the, all the minerals, whatever it is, and that's going to change it until it, it, it uh, restores itself, it will it'll push away its shell of the seed, then whatever's around it, but now that the internal part of the seed uh, can absorb whatever it is from the ground and this, the nutrients around it, then it's going to create a tree, and the new tree will have more fruit than like the original fruit was. And therefore, the important point here is, is that when you're talking about planting a seed in the ground, we need two things. In order for the seed to grow, the way he's in his marshal, the first one is the shell of the seed has to rot. The shell of the seed has to rot because as long as the shell of the seed has encapsulated the DNA of the plant which is inside it, it's not going to grow. And therefore, the first point of what the ground should do is disintegrate the shell, because that way you've exposed the inside which is what's able to grow. And now that the shell has fallen away, now, the second point is that the ground can, or the water, whatever it is, can give the nutrients to the nucleus, the inside of the seed, which will then co- will trigger its growth, and then that's going to produce the nutrient. And if that's what goddess is meant to do, then if you're going to use a nimshal, and this is a fascinating idea, which we will see today a little bit, we'll next time, goddess does two things. The first thing is goddess takes away the shell. Goddess takes away the shell. Goddess takes away, takes away the shell. It's like the seed. The first thing is that the cells integrate. So that's, that's the first thing the goddess takes away. We'll see. And then the second thing is that the goddess provides the nutrients from which the new seed can grow. Now, this is a fascinating topic. But let's just give an example of it. And that is uh, the idea of the shell. The, the shell. What's the, what is What is that shell which is, needs to be taken away from Klai Israel? And the answer is that there's a, an element when Klay were in Eretz Yisrael or before they went into Goddess and they deserved to go into Goddess, it was really because of a certain element of Klay who were bad and they were corrupting the door and they were the ones who were leading so to speak the downward spiral into avero into whatever Klanistral were doing wrong and the, their power lasted as long as Klay Yisrael were in Eretz Yisrael. When Israel went into Goddess, then they fell apart. They disintegrated. They intermingled with the coim. There was nothing for them to be part of the Jewish people anymore because the Jewish people are now a persecuted, scattered nation. So they left. They left us, they disintegrated into Goddess, and that was the end of them. And that was a necessary step because we had to get rid of them because they were the ones who were, so to speak, leading Israel into oblivion. And that's why the Goddess, what it did is it destroyed that church. Let's give examples. Let's look at the first of Mekdash first because that's a period of time we know better. And that is, we know what broke, the second, what destroyed the second Maseh Mekdash, But it doesn't just mean arguments between different neighbors. There were factors in Klai's struggle which were willing to go to civil war against each other. And they did. We know that at the time of the Khurban, at the time of the siege of Yishalayim, the Yishalayim had reserves of food for 21 years, the like Gemara says. And these people were the ones who went and destroyed the reserves, which means they, con- they condemned the people of Yishalayim to starvation. They ruined all the food reserves. What happened to these people, these biryani? What happened to them? As long as Klay Yisrael went out Israel, so they were the, gear you know, the military who were, the militia who were there to, no, to, to the, defend Klay And Borega Klay went into Godless, they disappeared. Either they, they, they just intermarried or in, intermarried with the God, or they were killed or they just, there's nothing to fight for anymore. Klay Yisrael had lost. And the, the interesting thing is, that Vespasian even called them that. When Rabbi Yehoshua eventually came to him, and he said, "Why did you only come now?" And he said, "We was I was trapped in Israel, I couldn't get out." So Vespasian tells him that if you have a barrel of honey and a snake around it, so what are you going to do to get off the snake? And he said, "You should break the barrel," which wasn't a good idea. But the idea was that the one the to give us that there is shell who's around the Jewish people, and he's being they mazzik the Jewish people, and that's what Godus did. Godus destroyed the shell. Godus destroyed. The, those people, not just them, what happened to the Tstoikim? What happened to the Misiyabnim? These were very powerful negative forces in Israel. And they fought the Chachamim and they ruined the, a lot of what Ga' what Israel could have achieved. And for the, the whole duration, the second base of Mikdash, these were the enemies. The Tstoikim were fighting Chachamim every given term. The Misiyabnim were trying to pull people into Greek culture the whole time. And then they disappeared. Where did they go? And the answer is, as soon as there was a the Khurban and there was no longer independent Judea, there was no longer a Jewish state, which they were trying to wrest control of, they disintegrated. They disappeared. We never heard of them again. You see that they don't, they don't feature anymore. At the time, after the Khurban, Karaim, they're gone. <laughs> the Stoikim are gone. That, that, that's the first part of goddess If there's a, a shell which is corrupting Klai Yisrael, then what God can do is it can break that. That's in the, sound the second verse of Makhdash. Same thing as on the first place in Magdash. What destroyed the first person in Magdash was the evil kings and their, co- their close, uh, so to speak, a group of uh, servants, advisors, whatever it was. And when you see, all the all the Levim who came to shout was always against the king. Menashe was the king of the Russia, and Amun was a king of the Russia, and Ahab was a king of the Russia, And is, and then the goddess came, and no more kings. The king was killed, that was the end of it. All his... Uh, upon him scattered there with an it was no longer the problem when you get into the goddess bubble there were no longer evil kings who were corrupting Klai Israel they were the shell they were the ones who were blocking Klai Israel achieving what they could achieve And what goddess does is it cracks that shell it destroys that we can add examples as well Uh, even more recently the the main forces which were destroying the Jews of Eastern Europe before the Holocaust, you know, with the Socialists, the Bandists and all the various other anti terror movements, and after the Holocaust they disappeared. They're not there anymore. They, they, they just, they're the shell. And when the um, Oynish comes, is there to crack the shell. It takes away the, the element which is destroying Klai That's the first part of God. But actually, next time we'll talk about the second part of Goddess and that is how God is provides nutrients, so to speak, for the, uh, the nucleus, for the, of the to, to regenerate itself and regrow.